Welcome to Catholic Family Matters with your hosts, Paul Kosinski and Betsy Lashley. A podcast where we share a little about our lives of faith in an effort to encourage families to live courageously Catholic lives, to love Jesus more, and to learn to see the divine in the everyday events of our family life. So come along with us to find encouragement, hope, and maybe a little laughter along the way. Because family matters. matters. Today on Catholic Family Matters, we talk from personal experience about a parent's worst nightmare, the loss of a child. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Come Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful, and kindle in us the fire of your love. Guide our hearts and our minds, and anoint our tongues, so that we may speak the truth and glorify Jesus with our conversation today. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Father, Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. How about you spare me the chit chat? I'm going to take your uh, chit chat in the chitty chitty chat chat in... chat 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 in the chit chat. So, Hi, Paul. How are hey, you? Betsy, I'm good. How are you doing today? Good, good. What's your chit chat for today? So, um, so I talked about my daughter playing lacrosse and, yeah. and how you know even though they're not the greatest of lacrosse teams, they have a good time with each other and. and to kind of help that, um, one of the things that we've started this year is team dinners before the home games. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we did that. Um, Anthony did that with his cross-country team. It was, it's been a tradition uh, for his cross-country team um, at James Clemens. They do pasta dinners. They carb up before the, the races, which mm-hmm. you really don't need to for a 5K. But but they do it more for the camaraderie and, and stuff. So, And to continue on crazy nutrition things oh, yeah. that aren't always true. But yeah. No. Right. I mean, carb loading is a thing, but you're right. It's not necessary for a 5k. Yeah. But, so, but uh, anyway, just needed to add that little yeah. nutrition <laughs> segment. And thanks there. nutrition. Betsy. Yeah, you, you betcha. You betcha. <laughs> um, so, so we, we hosted the first dinner, um, for the lacrosse team. They had the, they had a game on Sunday. And so we hosted Saturday night and we made pasta. <laughs> it doesn't have to be pasta for lacrosse because they definitely don't need to carve up. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so we made pasta, but oh, bless my wife. Um, there's my wife has this unwritten rule that anybody who enters our house is not going to go hungry. And so she tends to overdo it on things like this. And so she made up uh, four like aluminum foil pans of pasta because just to make sure we didn't run out. And then she had water boiling and, and just in case we needed some more. Well, of those four aluminum foil pans of pasta, we had three and a half aluminum foil pans of pasta left. Well, (laughs) how many people on the lacrosse team? Oh, there's, I think there's like 27 girls. So we were, you know, we're expecting that many girls and then, you know, maybe some parents and the coaches and, and about probably about 18 showed up. Um, no coaches showed up. None of the parents came. Oh, so, <laughs> so but um, and they're girls. Yes. Yeah. And so because those four pans, the college kids would have eaten them all. Oh up. yeah. <laughs> so so there's been a lot of uh, pasta, pasta eating, pasta eating yeah. this week. So. Yeah. Well, you know where to come <laughs> if you ever need to get rid of leftovers. My students will yeah, eat them. Take it, I didn't think about that. Yeah. But Jarsha did take a couple of pans into work um, yeah, to help get rid of it there, but. But yeah, we <laughs> next time. Nice, yeah. <laughs> we'll yeah. donate to They're them. like little garbage disposals over there <laughs> at campus ministry. 
Um, okay, so my chit chat is last week I was invited to an engagement party. One of my friend's daughter was engaged, and so we went over to um, Stella's Elixir Lounge. Does that sound right? It's right on Holmes. Anyway, it's downtown Huntsville. Ooh, I saw pictures. And it's like this upstairs thing, and she got engaged, and it was just it was just fun. There was fire. Yeah. It was outdoors on their little uh, patio lounge type thing. And they had like heaters out there and everything. But I can't say that I've been to a lot of engagement parties. That may have been my first one. I don't know. But what joy yeah. um, to see Maggie. Yeah. Uh, um, soon to be Mary Chandler's daughter. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Because didn't you know Maggie or something? No, I know Mary. Um, I kind of work with Mary. Yeah. Um, She works in the, the, the lab next to mine. And, and uh, I, before then, like long time ago, gosh, I think it was before Anthony was born. Um, Josh and I did a marriage encounter and, um, Mary and her husband were on the same marriage encounter. So we met, we met back then. Oh, cool. Yeah. You guys are marriage buddies. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that was just really fun. I really enjoyed that little engagement party. Oh, cool. So congratulations to Maggie and Mac who are going to be married in April of 2024, which is way too long for me to wait, but <laughs> she was unwilling to change the date for me. Have you found Jesus yet? No. I didn't know I was supposed to be looking for him, sir. So to start our topic today, Paul, because this one is kind of a hard one, I wanted to tell you about a time back when in early 2000, when I had like a three-year-old and a one-year-old and my friend Carol, do you remember her from Texas? We were were in the middle, we lived, we both lived in Wimberley and she and I were sitting outside the church one day and our kids were just running around playing and I said, I don't know what we were doing, maybe having a conversation. And she said, what's the worst thing that could ever happen to you? And I was like, oh, if I lost one of my children, like I would never be able to survive. I don't know how I would ever survive. And she looked at me. It stopped real quick and was like, what? She said, your children are on loan to you from God. And one day he's going to take them back. And they're only yours for a short time. Like you have to get get come to terms with that. And I was like, shut up. Like what? And I honestly, truly had not really ever thought of having kids that way. Like that this was something that God gives us as a gift that it is born out of the love between two people. And we, we are given that by God. And then one day they go back to God. Like that now in my life now, that makes perfect sense to me. Back then I was utterly shocked with what she said. And I could not imagine ever losing something that I had brought into the world. Like how could that possibly happen? And that has always stuck with me to this day. And sometimes I share it with young people, like this whole viewpoint, because it was such a shock in my life. Yeah. And sometimes they already know it. You know, they're like, oh, yeah, I realize that or whatever. But today we're going to kind of talk about the reality of that. The reality is that sometimes we're given this gift by God and sometimes that gift is is taken away. Right. And so we're going to talk about your situation with Miles when you had a baby and not everything went exactly the way that you thought it would. Right. Right. So tell us a little bit about um, this topic today. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to start out by, you know, there's, there's, there's even different types of child loss. Cause I know, um, I know a family when we were at Holy spirit who lost their daughter, she was, she was a young adult. 
uh, had just graduated from high school. Um, and she was killed in a, in a car accident. Um, and I, with our experience with miles, um, we, several of our other friends came forward about miscarriages that they've had. And so there's, you know, there's, there's, there's levels where like you never get to meet your child and there's, there's levels where like you've raised your child into adulthood and then there's levels where you only get a few moments with your child. Mm -hmm. And, um, so there's, so, and the, and each of those comes with different, um, different feelings and, and, and different sorrows and, and different joys. And, and, um, I heard, I don't, I don't know where I heard this, but, um, um, I heard this great quote to when with this, all this was going on. Um, it says, um, when a parent dies, you lose your past. When a sibling or a spouse dies, you lose your present. But when a child dies, you lose your future. And, wow. and, and, um, I was, that's, that's one quote that's always stuck with me, um, uh, more than, you know, even more than any like parable out of the Bible or anything. And, and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's true. There's, there's like this hole, you know, with the loss of a child, there's like this hole in your heart that it just, you know, it's, it's always going to be there. Um, until hopefully, you know, we get to see him again, um, in heaven. So, yeah. And you know that like a little over a year ago, I lost my mom and that was, and it was definitely the end of her life. Mm -hmm. And that was a whole different thing. And I, I, I was struck by, we were sad. It was, it was definitely a huge change and we were all, um, grieving, Mm -hmm. but I was struck by how much joy we had that her, her difficult journey was over because she had Alzheimer's for closer to five years. And so the quality of her life at the end wasn't very good. Uh, but we found good in that. We found joy in that. So, you know, I'm kind of curious to see how you have walked through this and to see where the heartache and the despair has happened. And then what has led you right. to really get out of bed every single day. Cause <laughs> yeah. I, I can see kind of the disparity of this situation. So tell yeah. us a little bit about what happened. Yeah. So, you. so, um, just a little bit of the story of, of what exactly went on. So at 17 weeks gestation is when we found out that he had trisomy 13 and even that is kind of a, in a story of itself. Um, he was our fifth child. So we had, we had Michael, Anthony, Mariana, and Jonathan. Jonathan was about two years old and Michael was about t- not quite 12 yet. And, um, so this was our fifth child, you know, we're, we're old pros at this, you know, this n- another child, you know, my wife's going to her doctor's appointments and everything. And, and, you know, she said things kind of felt a little different. And, and I took that in my mind to mean, cause when she had Mariana, things felt a little different. So I was like, Oh, we're going to have a girl. Yeah. Hey, Oh, great. And, and, um, <laughs> even, you know, Mariana, you know, we're kind of, we're kind of thinking in that mindset and even Mariana, you know, like thinking she's going to have a sister. Um, but at around the 17 week mark, the doctor noticed something on the ultrasound and he wanted to do an amniocentesis and <laughs> Josh, she, you know, and, and you know, this when, when you're pregnant, you're very uncomfortable. And if there's things out of the ordinary that the doctor wants to do, if it doesn't happen right away, it ain't happening. And she's like, if, if he wasn't going to do that amnio, um, like at that moment, she was, she wasn't going to have it done at all. Why? Because, because she, she didn't want to go back. 
Yeah, she, she, she would have. She, she, yeah, she didn't want to have to come back for a special visit. Yeah, he's like, I'm uncomfortable as it is. You're gonna make me fill up with fluids, and I'm gonna have to pee. And and yeah, okay. yeah. So, um, so he he took the sample um, and um, sent it off for testing. And on her follow up visit, he had the results back. And you know, again, world pros at this. You go to your doctor's appointment. I'm going to work. We're living life as usual. And, um, she called me up and that's when she, I mean, she was all by herself and, um, doctor said, you know, he's, um, he's got, it's a boy, which made Mariana cry, (laughs) (laughs) not another brother. And, um, and, um, like, you know, she calls me up at work and I'm like, she's trying to tell me what's going on Mm -hmm. and she's crying and I'm like, what, what's going on? And. You know, I remember talking to one of my coworkers and he's like, man, you just need to go home. So I just got up and left and, and, um, met Josh at home and just, you know, <clears throat> what's going on, you know? And so we, we talked it over and, and, um, so, you know, shock, major shock, um, took us a little bit to get over that. And then, um, but since we did find out early enough, um, in the, he went, he can't, he went to full term, he, he went the 40 weeks. Um, so wait a minute, you, you got this news at 17 weeks right? and a regular gestation is about 38 to 42 weeks. Yeah. So she had to go close to 20 more weeks. Right. Right. But so during this time, it allowed us, you know, to actually kind of plan for what, what we knew was about to come, Mm. um, gave us time to look up what other people had dealt with as far as, Oh, so let let me explain trisomy 13. So, um, so down syndrome. So trisomy is when there's three chromosomes, uh, three sets of one of the chromosomes, um, the trisomy, so three chromosomes. Um, so down syndrome is trisomy 21. Another popular one is a trisomy 18. And I forget the name of that, that there's, they have specific names like down syndrome and then, mm-hmm. and trisomy 13 is the the next popular one. And I think it's called like Pateau's syndrome or something. I forget the name of it too, but, um, but th- those are the, the three most common trisomies that you have. And obviously down syndrome is the most common. Um, so we looked up what other people with trisomy 13, what, you know, what to expect, um, you know, that people that, you know, had trisomy 13 children and what they had dealt with and everything. So, so it allowed us to actually plan for a few things. So we, we actually put together a birthing plan. You know, we didn't want any, we knew, we knew that his life was not going to be long lived if he was born alive. Um, and so we, we didn't want anything special them to do anything special for him at the hospital. we knew he was going to have trouble with his, his heart, his, um, intestines, um, his stomach, you know, things like that. He's going to have a cleft, a cleft lip, um, cleft mouth. I think it went all the way, um, up through his mouth. Um, we didn't want any special surgeries. We didn't want him, to, we didn't want him to be uncomfortable. We wanted him to, to live out, you know, his life in peace and, you know, in the arms of his mom and dad. Um, so that allowed us to kind of formulate that, put that together so that, and we actually gave it to the hospital and they were very appreciative of, of that birthing plan. Um, allowed us to, <laughs> we almost didn't do this, but, um, we actually, um, went and talked to our, our priest, um, father, father Brezoar was the associate pastor over at Holy Spirit 
at the time when we were over and we were members of Holy Spirit. And so he, um, <laughs> one of Josh's friends, you got to go talk to Father Breswar. You got to go, you need to go talk to him. And we're like, oh, okay. So we went in and, and talked to him, but it, but it was a good thing. It ended up being a very good thing, being able to sit down and talk to him um, about our faith um, as Catholics and what this meant. Um, um, you know, not, you know, again, not doing anything special for the child, not, not aborting the child. Um, were you given that option? Actually, Did the doctor sit you down and, and, like, and that say, was, these are the, and that was one of the things that like, again, when Jarsha was there by herself, oh. she was, she was offered abortion, um, from the doctor and that to this day, that, that really pains me, but she, I mean that she was even offered it, but she, you know, she's like, no, we're going to, um, and the other, I mean, the, the doctor, he's a good doctor and, and he always, you know, he always prayed with us, you know, whenever we went to visit him and even in the, um, even when he, he came in for the births of our other children, you know, very prayerful, very Christian, but you could tell that, you know, his, the diagnosis was incompatible with life. Mm -hmm. Um, and so at that point they, they back kind of backed away from the type of care that they would normally give to a, um, I mean, it, they didn't like, it wasn't like they just cut off all care, but they, they reduced the amount of care. You know, like we know, we know this child isn't going to survive, so we're not going to do the things that we normally. didn't have to do like the glucose test right, and right. some of the other, it, well, you didn't I'm, have to do regular ultrasounds or did you? We did. We did. Um, just to kind of see how things were progressing and make you see if he was still alive. And, and so, but they also let you know that sometimes those babies die in utero. Right. Right. And, right. Right. Um, it also, so this time also allowed us to talk to our kids to give them a, a heads up about what was going to happen. Um, <laughs> and then experience things with him. So one of the things that I saw was that, um, the, the parents would go and do things and like take pictures, you know, with, you know, the mom that was pregnant, you know, he gets, you know, their, their child got to do this and their child got to do this, even though he's still in utero, they, they had experiences like I made Joshua go to a hockey game and, <laughs> and said, Miles got to go to a hockey game. So. Okay. Did you do that with the other kids too? Not in utero. No, I mean, I mean, the other kids came with you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did your kids handle, how, how did you even explain it to them? I'm curious. So Jonathan was the easiest because he was a two-year-old, not, you know, hey, baby, whatever. You know, he didn't. Um Mariana was probably the hardest because she was six years old. So, you know, and she's, you know, kind of the mother, you know, at that age, the little girl's the motherly type. And, mm -hmm. and, um, you know, it was, you know, I don't know, just, we, we wanted, we wanted to be realistic about it. And, you know, that death happens. Um, and that, um, sometimes we don't want it to, but you know, it's, it's an inevitable part of life. And so, um, so, I mean, we kind of, we didn't go deep into it. We didn't dwell on it, but we just, Hey, just so you guys know, here's, here's some of the things you're going to see when he's born. Um, you know, we're going to let you hold him. We're going to, you know, think, you know, and, but, you know, understand that, you know, he's not going to live for very long. 
so we just kind of, you know, left it at that, answered any questions they had. And so, so you want to tell us about how, when that happened, or you told us that he was your fifth child? Fifth child, yeah. 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 And, and you had one more after that. We did. We yeah. Did. Joseph came after Joseph, that. Yeah. right. I'm yeah. sorry. Could not remember their names. Shocking. Um, so <laughs> I can't Joseph. your boys' names. So. so Joseph came after that. Um, but what was the, the, the timeline what was the so so he was born on february 7th so um 11 years ago today as we're recording this yeah this would have been his birthday yes on um, the date of our recording yeah yep um and he he passed away two days later on, on the ninth um lived for around 40 hours which is and you guys were with him the whole time we were um so so up to leading up to his birth um Again, Jarsha, she, she, we could have been farmers and she would have been like an amazing farmer's wife because, you know, she's pregnant out there typically like mowing the grass while she's pregnant or, you know, do, you know, building a shed or painting walls or, you know, I mean, that's, I'm exaggerating, but, but that day she was actually out shopping at Sam's club and she's like, Oh, you know, feeling, starting to feel the labor pains and. And so, you know, she's, she said she was on one of those carts. And so she just kind of, I think she, well, no, she checked out because, because she's of like, of course she did. She, yeah. <laughs> so she calls me and she said, meet me at home. I'm ready to go to the hospital. So, so, <laughs> so I, I rushed home and man, I was super, I mean, this is like the most nervous I've been. I was more nervous than when Michael was born, our first one. And, um, <laughs> and so, um, so I rush home and she's, she's on the, um, she's on the, the patio, the front door uh, waiting for me to pull in. And, um, she's, she's like, just get this cold stuff in the freezer and let's go. Um, so I, I rushed in, you know, put whatever away and we jumped in the car and, um, and left and <laughs> got to the hospital and I'm like, you know, I'm kind of like freaking out. And the, um, the security guard, you know, he, he, he's like, I got, I, I, I'm here to help man. <laughs> so he brings a wheelchair and, um, it's like, can I leave my car there? Is that, is it? he's like, no, don't worry about it. Just, just go take her. And, um, so I, t- I, you know, we go up to the labor and delivery floor and, and, um, we go in there and, and they're like, oh, here's all the paperwork. And I'm just like, like, I just like scribbled on it and handed it back. So like, I don't know, half a day later, they're like, um, can you please fill these out again? <laughs> but, um, so we get in there and this, so this fifth child, this is the first one where she didn't have an epidural. She was natural, all natural. And, um, and he came quick too, but it was still, I mean, I can, I can only imagine how much, you know, pain that was all natural. Yeah. Um, and there was, so there was the labor and delivery nurse. I'm not sure if our doctor made it in time. Um, I can't remember if he was there, but I remember there being this group of like student nurses Mm. in there. And when he came, they're all like, it got quiet Mm. and they're like, like you could tell her, like, should we say something? We don't. What do we do? What do we do? Mm. And like, I turn to them and I'm like, he's got trisomy 13. We know it's okay. Mm. And um, and um, I think that was probably one of the hardest moments, personally for me, um, because you know, in utero, he's protected. Even though he could, he could die in utero, but he's protected because because you know, he's, you know, Jarsha's, Jarsha was protecting him, keeping, you know, keeping him, you know, the food, you know, he's getting nutrients and, and blood and, and the moment he comes out, 
Mm. All that protection's gone. Mm -hmm. And so his body starts taking over and his, his body just couldn't handle it. And, um, (laughs) so, um, so he was born, um, and you know, they put us, they, they took us up to the NICU and, you know, we're like, you know, do we have to be in the NICU? We know, you know, we know he's going to die. You know, can we, cause, cause in the NICU, I don't know if you're familiar with it. They have very specific hours, um, no visitors, you know, all these strict rules, all, you know, all the kids get up at a certain time, they get put down at a certain time, they eat at a certain time, all of them at the same schedule. Cause you know, cause they're trying to, they're mm-hmm. trying to nurse these, these other children to health. And like, we know we, we're not gonna have much time with him. Can we just, can we just go to a room? And they asked, and the, the nurses and the, the regular labor and delivery weren't comfortable with, um, having a high risk, um, baby. So they made, they made us stay in the NICU. They, they did put us in a back room, which was kind of like a storage room, but they didn't really have anything set up. You know, it was kind of, it's kind of sad that they didn't have anything set up for, you know, parents that know that their kids aren't going to survive. Um, but as grace of God would have it, um, our doctor, our doctor had come to check up on him, our family doctor, um, like she's done with our other children. And she went and petitioned the hospital and said, look, um, these guys know he's going to pass away and they just want to take him home and love him. Can you let him go early? And you got to bring him home the next morning. We got to bring him home. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. Wow. Yeah. That's fantastic. So, (laughs) so, um, yeah, this, our, our family doctors was, is, is amazing. Um, yeah, yeah, she really helped us out there. Um, and she's still our family doctor today. Um, um, so yeah, so, so we got to take him home. Um, had, you know, several visitors come by, um, Mm. Josh's sister had come into town while we were still in the hospital. Um, father Breswar came and, um, baptized him and confirmed him in the hospital. Um, he even, um, I don't know if this is, um, um, what do they call that? The Mandela effect. But I, I, I thought I remember hearing the story about how after he did that, he went back and our oldest son, our, our, all of our kids were Marianne and Anthony and Jonathan were going to Holy spirit at the time. And I'm not sure if Marianne was in kindergarten yet. Anyway. Um, but Jonathan's class or, um, Jonathan, Michael's class had just come out of, um, I think they were in their daily mass or something, but they were gathered around praying cause they all knew, they all knew what was going on. Um, you know, with, with miles and everything. And so they were, um, they were praying and, some tells me they were praying the rosary, but I'm not even sure that that's right. But Father Father Breswar saw them praying and asked them what was going on, and they mentioned Miles, and so he got to tell them about being over there and baptizing and and confirming and talking to the kids about it. So wow, yeah, <laughs> a lot a lot of amazing things. So um, so we had his um, so a couple of days later he 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 did finally pass away. Um, you know, we had a hospice come into our house and they told us what to look for and, and said, give us a call. You know, they were going to check in every so often, but they said, if he dies when we're not here, just give us a call. And we'll come, we'll come, um, take his body and, and take it over to the funeral home. And, and, um, and, uh, so he, he passed away, um, on the morning of the ninth, um, I, I had taken like, it was like the, 
the day after we'd gotten home with him. So I'd taken the first shift with him and he, he, he would, um, he had trouble, he had trouble breathing. He had trouble. He, like, I don't think he ate anything. We tried to feed him, but he, he spit everything back up. So I don't know that he actually got any food, um, after he was born. Um, <laughs> um, and you know, the baby, the, the is it the mic, myconium, what myconium, what, myconium. Yeah. Um, so they, they do poop the, um, you know, I can't have it. Can't, yeah, yeah. Can't, can't have an episode with that. We don't talk about poop, but, but you know, I, part of me finds this funny and it kind of in a macabre way, but like every time, every time he pooped, like he stopped breathing. Mm-hmm. So like he would turn purple. I was like, Oh, it's time to go change his diaper. <laughs> you know? Oh, wow. Yeah, I know. But then you just like, they gave us some oxygen use the, the, the flow of oxygen and start breathing again. Mm-hmm. And then, and he, he turned pink again. So, wow. Yeah. So it was just kind of off and on like that. And then in the morning, so Jarsha came and, and took over for me, um, and what to watch him through the night. And, um, I think early in the morning he, um, he finally, his body just gave out. Mm-hmm. And so she woke me up and she's like, I think, I think he's, I think he's passed. And so we did the checks on him and, Sure enough. So, um, I think we waited cause, um, Josh, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to let go of your baby, um, like that. And I, I remember her saying, I, I don't want them to take my baby. Yeah. I can understand that sentiment for sure. So then you had to call hospice and mm-hmm. they came and got the baby. Yep. Yeah. They came and took him to the, I mean, um, you know, the funeral home, he was a full born. And so I think, you know, their little, their little urns, uh, we had them cremated. Um, their little urns are for like miscarriages. And so he was a full baby. So they had actually had put him in, in two separate urns, his cremains. Cause he was, he was, I mean, he was a big baby. Mm-hmm. He was full, full, um, he was like eight pound yeah. full term baby. So, um, and we had his funeral at, um, at Holy spirit there. Um, you know, we, we sat up front and, you know, during all the, um, beforehand we did the rosary and everything, you know, that you typically do at a Catholic funeral. And, and, um, I, I don't think I, I think at one point I might've turned around and, and, and it was, it was a fairly, fairly full, you know, like for somebody that nobody's even, you know, hardly nobody's ever met. met. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah. And, and everybody there at Holy Spirit was great. Um, we had, you know, the typical funeral things and, and, and then, um, um, we took him up to have him buried in Missouri with Josh's mom, um, at the cemetery up there and her sisters is in the same cemetery now. And, and yeah. Um, so you get to visit him when you're in Missouri. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So how, you know, you mentioned that Holy Spirit was great. How did, like, what was your faith? What role did your faith play in this whole experience for you? Like well, what were some of the things that came out of that? Um, looking back at it, I could kind of see, I can see now how, how like God like was preparing me for this. And, um, so it, it kind of involves a little bit of, a little bit of my reversion stories. Like back in the mid two thousands, um, I had a coworker that had, um, he had an accident and it kind of made him, Hey, you know, I need to take this 
God thing more seriously. He's, um, at the time he was a member over at the, the, the Cove Hampton Cove United Methodist church. And, and so he started, you know, getting more into his faith and, and trying to understand, you know, his, you know, God's will in his life. And, and so he would, he would have a talk with his pastor and then he'd come into work and we'd be talking about stuff and he'd be like, Hey, so what do Catholics believe about this? I'd be like, I don't know. So then, you know, I'd do the whole look it up thing and we'd go talk back and forth. And so he kind of helped bring me into the, um, into that. And then, um, so I started, um, you know, real understanding more of what it means to be a Catholic. And, um, around 2009, I was asked if I wanted to attend Curcio. And so I don't, I don't know if you've ever been on a, on I a have Curcio not, no, weekend. But... We need to get you as Tony has Tony. No, <laughs> so we need to get you guys at Curcio weekend. So, um, they're, they're amazing. Um, so yes, my friend Karen is going on one. Oh, oh, I think I saw her name on the, yeah. on the list. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome, awesome. Um so uh so I went on the my they made my Curcia weekend on, on in uh two thousand nine and you know, again, it just drawing drawing me further and further back into the Catholic faith and and um and just that whole progression from, from the point my coworker started talking me up until when Miles was born, I could just see God just pulling me. He's like, there's a moment. And I'm not saying that, that every time these things happen, that God's preparing you for a certain moment or, or, um, you know, some, anything like that. But, but I could see in my life that how he was preparing me for that moment and how it's kind of, um, helped me you know, that because of that, um, and I don't, I, you know, I'm not, I can't speak for Darsha personally, but I think she had a similar experience about how, because of that, because we were so grounded in our faith that even as much as losing a child like that sucks, that it didn't destroy us because I, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of, um, a lot of marriages, unfortunately, fail because they have a hard time getting over a, a you know a situation like this where they lose a child or you know something yeah, dramatic can, happens in their lives. It can and, damage a marriage. It can damage a relationship. Yeah. Grief is a grief is a difficult thing to to work through. Right. So. Right. So, um, but not only that. Um, so, Father Brezoar, I mentioned and shout out to Father Brezoar. He's he's the pastor over at. Um, Good Shepherd over in Russellville, which is in um, northwestern Alabama, and he, I, I could kind of see the same thing happening to him. And I, I, this is a, this is again one of those possibly Mandela effects that I, I mean, I would hope that him dealing with the experience with us helped with his family because we, you know, Miles was born in February, his sister had a baby in August that was trisomy 18 mm. and her, it was, she had a girl and she passed away. Mm. And oh, so, so yeah. So I, I, I hope that our situation was able to help father Vincent with his family. Yeah. And that, well, and I believe probably the way that you dealt with that impacted a lot of people that you can't even imagine because seeing someone grieve in a healthy way, in a way that isn't, um, forsaking your faith. Mm -hmm. I think it helps people tremendously when they have to go through a similar situation. It makes a big difference to people. So right. I have no doubt about that. All right. 
you gave us a beautiful kind of synopsis of how that experience played out and how it impacted your faith. And the fact that you were prepared, number one, that, and the fact that what I really love is that you were able to look back and to see God working in each part of that. And that you and Jarsha were even able to get, I you had to deal with 20 weeks of pregnancy knowing what was coming at the end. I can't imagine that. Um, and I hope most people never have to ma- imagine right, that. But right. in the event that someone does, I'm sure you would be a good person to talk to regarding that. Has anybody ever asked you or... No, and I, we don't we don't tell our our story a whole lot. Um, it, you know, it's even like, <laughs> you know, it's hard. Um, I love my I love my son Miles. Um, it, but there's times where it's just easier not to say anything and not be that awkward person or make a moment awkward. Yeah. By saying, oh, by the way, I have I have another child, and I, I will mention it from time to time. Um, like my um, my wedding band um, has three barely see him diamond flakes in it. One of them fell out. And, um, you know, at first I was like, Oh man, I need to get that replaced. But then I was like, you know what? I think I'm just going to leave it empty because yeah. that that's my symbol for miles. Oh, that's kind of neat. And I actually had somebody at work go, Hey man, you're missing a diamond. I'm like, I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. <laughs> and I see a lot of people like in podcasts and that when, when Catholic people will, um, introduce themselves they'll often say i have three babies and one in heaven or because some yeah, right, people have right. multiple miscarriages or and, and i've done that before but i don't do it i don't do it often yeah you pick so, and choose what yeah, you want to say yeah. well thank you for sharing that story i know that that was difficult on many levels but um i know how much you wanted to be able to talk about that so i'm glad we were able to do it on today which is we don't usually record on yeah, Tuesday. Right. We just happened to record on the day of Miles' birth. birth yeah. What would have been his 11th birthday. So thank you, Paul. And now, deep thoughts. Because I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. Okay, so Paul and I are switching roles today, and I am giving a reflection. And Paul is going to share a song with you. I am choosing to reflect on how we walk through the difficulties that God chooses to bless us with in this life. Now, why would I use the word difficulty and bless in the same sentence? Because I think that God can redeem any difficulty we face in this life and bring us through it as long as we cling to him in the midst of it. Losing a child is something I have never allowed my, my mind to rest on for very long. It's much too painful an idea to consider, and yet many people live with this as a reality every day. How do they do it? To be honest, I'm not really sure, but I do know that the more I know who Jesus is, and the more I talk to God and read scripture and share my life of faith with those around me, I believe that the only possible way to survive such darkness and difficulty is to walk through it with God at your side. I just can't see a better way. In my own life, I have lived with darkness and times of despair. And if it were not for my faith in God and his ability to redeem, I don't think I would have made it through. And again, if I could be honest, it wasn't always easy to feel God with me during difficult times. But that is what our faith teaches us, how to believe in things even when we can't see them. 
So as we walk on this journey of life, I pray that each day we can work on the relationship we have with Jesus, so that on good days we can share our joys with him, and on the bad days we can believe that he is with us even if we may not see him or feel him present, and we can always have hope in his ability to bring blessing out of difficulty. And I'd like to share this poem that I found that I thought was appropriate for this particular day. When a child is apart, even for a little while, a parent says a prayer. We ask the Lord to protect, to be where we cannot be, to go where we cannot go. In him we place our trust, for he sees, he knows. Though how your heart must break, parted for now from your little one, know that the Lord keeps your little one safe with him, where we all belong. He will keep your child in a loving embrace, just as he keeps you, a child too. That is his answer to a parent's prayer. That is his love forever, everywhere. Okay, Paul, you got a song that you want to share with us today? I I know this has special meaning, so tell us about this. Yeah, so... The reason I wanted to do the song today was because um, we took a ton of pictures and even um, met a wonderful lady. Um, I forgot the name of her. Um, her there's a photo ministry where yeah. they they take photos of I've um, heard of that people with trisomy babies that mm-hmm. or babies that they know miscarriages that they know that um, they're not going to have much time with their child. Um, and so she took some pictures for us, and we got a ton of. Um, other pictures as well as people were coming to see miles and everything. So, um, one of the things that helped me through, um, the grieving process was, um, there was this group called life step that Jarsha had gotten. Um, they had put an album They're They're a local group, but they were, um, one of the private schools here. Um, they, they probably, their group was only together for probably a couple of years before they graduated and parted ways. But, they did put an album together and um, one of the songs they, they sang was called Father God Just For Today. Um, it was written by, um, the, the words in the music are written by um, Mark Sh- um, Shelsky. And um, it's a beautiful song and I, I took the pictures and I made a video um, of Miles's life and everybody that he got to meet um, together to this music. I even contacted the, the guy, um, the music director from, from the school to see if it was okay to use this song. And he was like, uh, sure. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> um, they wanted to listen. They wanted to see the video before I released it, which they did. But, um, um, but anyway, the, the words go like this. Um, father God, just for today, help me walk the narrow way. Help me stand when I might fall. Give me the strength to hear your call. May my steps be worship. May my thoughts be praise. And may my words bring honor to your name. And when I might fall, give me the strength to hear your call. May my steps be worship. May my thoughts be praise. May my words Bring honor to your name. May my steps be worship. May my thoughts be praise. May my words bring honor to your name.
put a link to the the video that I did in our show notes um so um if you're so inclined you know have a listen and have a watch in the name of the father and the son and of the holy spirit amen, amen. oh lord Giver of all life, I entrust Miles to your infinite mercy, and I thank you for the gift of each moment of his life. Heavenly Father, you love each of us so much that you even allowed your own son to taste death so that we could all be saved by his resurrection. All-powerful God, I place my trust in you and your promise of eternal life. In your kindness, may we all be reunited in heaven someday and never face separation again. Through the fervent prayers rising from the sorrowful and immaculate heart of Mary, may our tears and grief be transformed into hope and peace. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Catholic Family Matters. Please take a moment to subscribe and leave us a review on your favorite podcast listener, iTunes, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to us. Join us on Twitter and like us on Facebook at Catholic. Fam Matters. Check out our website at www.catholicfamilymatters.com. Send us comments, topic ideas, or encouragement at our email, feedback at catholicfamilymatters.com. Mm-hmm.